exile, a responsibility becomes a privilege. And reading today, when we honor our beloved Trudy, is one of those times. Scripture is according to the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village. When a woman married Martha, welcomed him into her home. Martha had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Amen. Friends, will you join me now in a spirit of prayer? Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One day, a few years ago, when I was doing ministry down in Somerville, I was walking through Porter Square, and I was walking along, and I was looking at my phone as I walked, because I had just finished a meeting in a coffee shop with this young woman who was having trouble figuring out how do I navigate my relationship at the same time as all of these increasing demands in my workplace. And then I was on the way to this other meeting with a clergy colleague where we were going to sit down for a few hours and brainstorm some ideas for the next mission trip we were going on. And I was so busy. I was busily moving on the sidewalk, walking really fast, looking down at my phone to see if I had received any kind of urgent communication, responding to these text messages that had built up. And as I was scrolling through my phone, I was so distracted by what I was doing that I nearly tripped over the legs of a young woman who was sitting on the sidewalk. She had her back up against the wall of the Panera and her legs were kind of stretched out a bit. And I stumbled around her thoroughly embarrassed. So I took a deep breath and I put my phone in my pocket as she said, I'm hungry, could you help me get some food? So I made eye contact with her and I said, yes, and we walked into the Panera that she had been sitting in front of, and she ordered this large green tea and picked out a sandwich, and I paid for the items and wished her well. Because of my busyness and distraction, I nearly missed this opportunity to encounter the sacred in this neighbor. I nearly missed this opportunity to encounter this person 
to engage in an act of kindness, a meal, eye contact. Jesus is known to have said to his followers that when they encounter the hungry or the needy or people who are looking for dignity and worth, that they encounter him. This child of God whom I did not see and who I nearly tripped over was asking for the simplest of things, a little nourishment for her body and a little dignity and eye contact. And that was a humbling and learning experience for me. This day showed me that chief among my personal sins are busyness and distraction. These are the things that get in the way for me of discerning the sacred in my midst and giving my attention to that sacredness. And the first step to change just about anything in life, just about anything in our world, is becoming aware that we have a problem. And that day I became acutely aware that I had a problem. I was too busy, I was too distracted. Even when I was in the midst of doing really good work, holy work, good and necessary work, outwardly focused work, even in the midst of that, I tripped right over God's own beloved on a sidewalk. In this morning's scripture, we find Jesus in the home of Martha and Mary. And in this story that's so familiar to those of us who have been in church for a while, we recall that Mary is the one that chooses to sit at the feet of Jesus, chooses to give the sacred in her midst her full and complete attention. And meanwhile, Martha, who I will note was the one to initially offer welcome, attends to the household tasks. And here's the thing. Too often, when you go into a church and you hear someone preach this story from the pulpit, too often I have heard this sermon preached from the pulpit that ends up explicitly or implicitly condemning Martha as an example of doing all the wrong things. And the unfortunate result is that in the process of pointing out the negative aspects of busyness and distraction, the church, from the pulpit and from other places of authority, end up condemning the work that so often falls and continues to fall to women. The housework that Martha is engaging in is important. The work that so many women did during Jesus' ministry, the cooking, the caretaking, the funding, the organizing, was critical. And the work that so many women in churches across the globe continue to do day in and day out is critical. It's not frivolous. The work of homemaking, cleaning, cooking, and caretaking, it's sacred in its own way. And it so often goes unrecognized in society and in the church. So I want to be really clear that Jesus' beckoning to Martha to follow the lead of Mary in terms of giving full attention to the sacred and the holy in the midst of us all, that ought not to be read as condemnation of the work that so often is taken up by women. It's rather this invitation into deeper relationship. It's an invitation to a new way of attuning to the present when we are distracted. Even when we are distracted by important work, like housework, it's an invitation to drop everything that we have planned, even the important work that we have planned when Jesus is in the house, or when you find yourself nearly tripping over one of God's own beloved on a sidewalk. So then, friends, how do we do that? 
How do we figure out what the sacred is in our midst? How do we figure out what it is that we're supposed to pay attention to? How do we figure out what it is that's keeping us distracted, that's keeping us from attuning to the sacred? And for this, I lift up to you this very important word from our Christian tradition, discernment. Discernment is not simply a figuring out of what is right or wrong, because very rarely in life is there actually a simply right or wrong. It is, in its very essence, a word that asks us to realize and to live into the nuance and the gray and the complexity of the many choices and options in our lives. This spring, I studied under Sister Meg Funk, who is a Catholic scholar and writer on the topic of discernment. And she said this, Discernment is finding the still, small voice of God. This seeking its inner work. We have sound teachings from the monastic tradition to help us. Through our spiritual senses, the ear of our heart actually awakens. Discernment is an act of determining what it is that God is calling us to do or say or become. It's this invitation to the Holy Spirit to come in, to enter into the mix, to be a part of the process of our life, to help us to figure out our next words and actions and choices. So I wonder what it might look like for you and for I to consider the times throughout our week when we can let go of this very cerebral or gut instinct act of deciding and lean instead into this spiritual act of discerning? When can you practice letting God into the process just a bit more? Jesus' words to Martha are in essence an invitation for us to work on discernment, the process of moving in concert with God's desire for our lives in any given moment. One way to help us in the process of becoming more discerning is to cultivate prayer more regularly into our day. So what about this? What if before you make a decision that you're feeling some trepidation about, or also a decision that maybe you are feeling very, very sure about, what if you were to pause and step away and breathe, even if only for a moment, and ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance in making the decision. What if you were to simply say these words, God, I need you. Now, I said simply, but in reality, that's one of the hardest things for humans to ever do, to admit that we are not in control, but to say, God, I need you. What if we were to say those words, and then maybe, please help me to discern the next steps in this process? Or what if we were to say a simple prayer like this, God, I am feeling distracted by so many things that I need to do. Please help me to see where you desire me to focus my attention today. Might that help us in our discernment process? Another practice that can help in our development of the spiritual act of discernment in our lives is to cultivate relationships with people who are very tuned in to the spirits moving in their own lives. Have conversations with those people. Go deep, ask questions. Discover how it is that they've cultivated the gift of full attention and attunement to the sacred in their lives. Because these people do exist, I'm seeing some of them right here in this sanctuary, and we can learn from one another's spiritual gifts and developed practices. 
Friends, sometimes we think that we can beat this need for the singular focus on the sacred. Sometimes we think that we, more than anyone else, can multitask. But then study after study reveals that when we think that we can simultaneously enjoy the beauty of God's creation on the water's edge over at 40 Steps, while also checking an email on the phone and also thinking about the dishes to be done and that tension in our relationship with a sibling, when we think that we can do all of that at once, we find that we can't really do any of those things very well. When we multitask, what we are actually doing is switching our attention very, very rapidly between tasks over and over again, and this rapid switching makes us tired. It fatigues the brain, and we find that we don't notice the details. The Mary and Martha story is an invitation to do one thing at a time. It's an invitation to consider letting go, even for a moment, of the anxiety and perfectionism that haunts so many of us every single day. It's an invitation to drop what we are doing when Jesus shows up in our living room. It's an invitation to quiet our thoughts and put our phones away and not think about those dishes for just a few minutes when the sun sets and you start to see that orange and pink in the sky as the water shimmers in the way that it does down there at the shores of 40 Steps. This story is an invitation to roll up your pant legs and to stand on the rocks in the water and realize that in our day-to-day lives, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, they just keep showing up over and over again in the people around us and in the nature and creation we encounter. So what would it look like to admit that we can't multitask? That we were built to be a people who would do one thing at a time? What might it look like to do each thing we do with intention and focus and attunement and attention to the sacred? The thing is that when we quit the multitasking and when we do one thing at a time, a lot of times people find the sacred showing up in unexpected places. In the little exchange between you and another customer in line at the grocery store, in the chat with the library intern, in the act of cleaning with the intention of hospitality and peace rather than out of obligation and stress, in all of these and more, the holy and sacred, it just breaks through. When we pull down those blockades that we have built up over the years, the blockades of anxiety and busyness and perfectionism and distraction. When we pull those down, we often find Jesus doesn't have to show up in flesh in our living room or as a young woman on a Somerville sidewalk. When we become more attuned, more focused, more intentional, we start to find even the more subtle things in our life to contain the holy and the sacred. We all get busy. We all get distracted, and often we are busy and distracted with noble and necessary tasks. But this morning's scripture invites us to discern, to discern how we can, in the midst of busyness, become people who attune to the sacred, people who recognize the holy in our midst and give that holiness our attention, people who invite the spirit to lead us. So friends, as you go into this next week, I pray that you practice discernment and that you develop a prayer or a practice that invites the Holy Spirit to guide you as you seek to give your attention to the sacred in your midst. Amen.